this is a man's world But we won't quit This is a man's world She who dares wins Hello and welcome to the This is a man's world She who dares wins podcast I'm your host, Michelle, and right here I discuss my experiences of being trapped in a man's world of construction for 12 years, as well as having special guests and conversations with other women who are not only surviving, but thriving in their own world of traditionally male-dominated careers. We're sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, and the downright hilarious experience. Today, my special guest is Barbara Rez. Barbara was vice president and head of construction for Donald Trump in the days where women didn't exist in the construction industry. She has had an incredible career and has topped it off by publishing her memoir, All Alone on the 68th Floor, which describes her journey as a female engineer who rose to the top during the 70s and 80s. Not so long ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Barbara Rez and convincing her to join me here on this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right in and listen to Barbara. Hi. Hi, is that Barbara? Yes, it is. Hi, Barbara, it's Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, and yourself? Good, I loved your questions, but I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Exactly, yeah, and do you know what? Um, last night I actually finished your book, and I got to the end, and I was like, oh my God, I have so much more. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll do our best. Exactly, yeah, we'll see, um, we'll see how things go. All right, if it's okay with you, then I'd love to just jump straight into it and, um, and get going, if that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me today. I know we met at the Women in Construction event and managed to have quite a bit of a chat there. But yeah, by coming on this podcast, I'm hoping to share your story with a lot of my listeners and provide a bit of insight into your world and how much you've achieved which has been absolutely incredible. Like I said, uh, I've read your book and uh, so much of it I can relate to. And yeah, so I, firstly, is it okay if you just summarise uh, your career for me a little bit? Okay. It um, talks about my book, The Name of It's All Alone on the 68th Floor, How One Woman Changed the Basic Construction. And uh, the book is basically about my life. Uh, and um, how I got into construction and then ultimately, you know, working for Trump and, and others. Uh, I was very good in math when I was a kid in school. And um, interestingly, the, um, the, the guidance counselor told me not to be, not, didn't tell me to be an engineer or uh, an astrophysicist or a physicist or anything. I said, go and be a teacher. Because when I was younger, um, many years ago, I was in high school in the 60s, um, that's what women did if they were smart and they were college-oriented. They, they became teachers. Um, I got into a college um, that uh, had an engineering program, but I did not enroll as an engineer. I enrolled pre-law. I wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, to be honest with you, I sort of was dared into going into engineering uh, by some people I met. And I thought I would like it, so I, I chose electrical engineering. And um, and by the time I was a sophomore, I had, you know, acquired the necessary prerequisition requisition. Then I went ahead and, and did the engineering. Um, it wasn't that difficult. Um, I was the only girl. There's no question about that. Um, I was cute and the boys liked me, which was a, a, a plus, actually. Um, 
and negative in some ways because the teachers like me too. <laughs> but um, for instance, one teacher um, had two classes, and I was in his first class. And the second class, he walks in and goes, "Oh, thank God, there's no girls in here. I hate girls." You know, and that, that was typical. But you know, another time, um, I got a good grade in a very, very hard subject, and um, the grades were posted. They don't do that anymore, but they used to post the grades right outside the door of the classroom. And um, I, I came around the corner and I watched uh, some boys looking at the grades and, and they were saying that I must have slept with the teacher and it's such a good grade. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there was that. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't really, you know, bad. Um, it was um, it was just commonly accepted behavior that, you know, was, was uh, endemic of uh, our society. And, and the boys were nice. They were young. Um, when I got into work, it was a little bit different. Uh, I, uh, I started with uh, an electrical contractor, and uh, there was a guy there who um, sort of tortured me. And uh, I'll go into this later when we talk about sexual harassment. Uh, but I, I went on to uh, work for a general contractor, and I was working on a, um, a hotel of the Grand Hyatt in New York City, which was being uh, developed by Donald Trump uh, as a partner with Hyatt. And that's where I met him. And um, he liked me. He thought I was strong and um, saw me with the men and realized that I did not take any guff from the men, nor did I take any guff from the architects. Um, you know, we'd go to meetings and the architects would try to blame the contractors they made, I would just stand up and say no. And Trump and his wife both liked me, and he invited me to work there. So I took the job working on Trump Allen. The one thing that I took away from your book and your experiences is actually you really enjoyed working for Donald, and that, you know, he did respect you. Yeah. He did respect me. You know, at that time, I started with him in 1980, in the fall of 80, and he had only seven or eight people in the office. And there were... Um, Two people that he really did respect. Um, one that he treated like garbage, <laughs> which is another story. But um, he did have respect for people back then, and he listened to them. Not all the time. Um, he made a lot of stupid mistakes, especially on the high end, um, because he was so green. He didn't know what he was doing. Uh, but in general, you know, when we would calm him down, he would listen, and he would usually do the right thing one way or another. And as time went on, that changed. Um, I enjoyed working for Trump on Trump Tower. It was an amazing project, and it was so popular, and so um, they got so much publicity, and I got publicity, and it was just fun. It was very challenging, and we had 50-plus retail stores in there, and and I forget how many hundreds of uh, apartments, and yeah, many of the people made changes to their apartments. So I had like, I don't know, maybe a hundred jobs going on at once, little jobs inside this big job. And um, it was it was really exciting and challenging. Yeah, and I obviously my career has not reached the same heights as yourself, but I found myself, as many of the women out there who I encourage, please read Barbara's book. Uh, I found myself just reading everything, and it seemed like it, it. your story mirrors mine in so many ways. And uh, I read this morning, in the early hours this morning as my little one woke me up, um, a, a comment that you put in there towards the end, which was about how much you've gone through uh, working in construction, all the different issues you've come across, and how 
it became worth it because you're, you know, you've laid the path for those coming through. And I got a little bit choked up because as I was reading your story and relating to so many, you know, issues that you came across and you had to, you know, things that you had to overcome, I got a little bit choked up because I was like, I don't think the industry has changed, Um, you know, everything you said I could relate to. And that really worries me. Um, Do you think I'm right or do you think it has progressed? Well, it's certainly, uh, I'm speaking for the US more than the UK, although I've read a lot about the UK. Um, It certainly has uh, progressed somewhat. I mean, especially in in terms of uh, law. Uh, In our country, uh, when I started, there were absolutely no laws about sexual harassment, and there were discrimination laws on the books, but they weren't really uh, enforced. And over the years, they decided that sexual harassment was a form of discrimination, and it was actionable, and um, they defined it, and they defined what a hostile environment is. And once you know what a hostile environment is, you would immediately know that you're in one. So... <laughs> um, there is some recognition of, of sexual harassment, um, uh, way, way more than when, when I was in uh, starting out the business, or even when I was entrenched in the business. Um, I am disappointed in some of the things you've told me just today about how you relate so well. Um, I was hoping that you would say that it's a little different. Um, I don't think that people have changed that much, um, and, and people don't change. I just think that it's a matter of education, and um, I, I do like to think that we have educated some. Um, the number of women working in construction as a field, not in the field, uh, has increased. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I started, when I started, there were uh, less than 1% of engineers were women, and now we have almost 20 in my country. Um, and I think it's uh, uh, 15 or something like that where, where you are, um, which is, a, you know, that's significant. Um, not a lot of them are in construction, but, you know, it's STEM and it's non-traditional. See, the way I look at it is when, when women work in non-traditional roles, they help women that are working in other non-traditional roles that are not related, like, you know, I'm going to be speaking to a group of uh, building management personnel and building maintenance personnel, and they have the same problems that we have in construction because they're in non-traditional roles, and, you know, to be honest with you, people don't want women doing so-called men's work, and they resist, and, and, you know, the men's Sometimes they have to be pushed, and sometimes they have to be told what to do, and sometimes it's just a matter of educating them. But I do think things are, are, are a bit better. I, I, I don't think that you would have somebody like the man I, I said that was torturing me, um, uh, you know, mentally torturing me. I don't think that would happen today. I, I'm surprised to see that you said there were uh, uh, pictures of naked women. I, I'm very surprised to see that. That's illegal in the U.S. I mean, they do exist, but it's clearly illegal. Right. And, and you could make a complaint about that yeah um, and I think um I mean just to get example here I mean I, I work for myself and I'm on a construction site three days of the week and um I, I'm very outspoken in terms of what happens to me which is I think why a lot of people connect with me on social media and just I think was it yesterday it wasn't yesterday the day before yesterday 
senior management who have a lot of respect for me. They've brought me onto a project because they know of my um, extensive experience in this area of construction. And the senior management, who is a client of mine, decided to show me a picture of some men's genitals and um, there was an animal in the video. And I suppose this is, you know, it's 2019. So rather than pornographic magazines, it's, it's things that I've been shown over the last 12 years. And I'm mortified because I'm going out now, like yourself, doing talks uh, to other women saying, this is a great industry. I love this industry. We need more women. And then I come home and things like this happen to me. And I'm like, I'm 12 years in and uh, working for lots of different companies from the very small contracts who I've brought right way up through to the big, um, the larger worldwide known contractors. And it still seems to exist. And I don't know about you, Barbara, but there was one thing that you that you said that really resonated with me. Let me just bring up this quote here is um, and it was I know what it's like to have to kiss the ass of someone who is effectively fucking you over. And for me, I think it's a sense of power that I've not um, said anything because these men have power over me and that they are giving me work. I'm working alongside them. How how do you feel? that we can change this? How do we shift the power so that it is okay that even if it is illegal, that women can speak up and, and actually get these problems solved rather than feeling like we don't have a voice? Yeah, you know, that's a very, very difficult answer, thing to answer because there's no easy answer to that. Um, if you're talking about a small company or, you know, a privately held company, uh, generally they may not have the same kinds of uh, opportunities for registering complaints as a larger company. But your specific question is you don't want to go against your boss or somebody that gives you work. Yeah. And that is what I dealt with, with with my mentor. I called him my mentor and my tormentor, <laughs> although she did he didn't get to me uh, the way other people did, and it's hard to say how someone's going to get to you and when. Uh, but the big, big, big difference between you and me in terms of how to deal with this kind of thing is that you have people to talk to. You have women to talk to. You have people that understand what you're going through. See, I never had that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, whatever decision I made, I made... Um, uh, very subjectively and, and um, often, you know, close to when the incident happened. Whereas now, if I if I were to, you know, a young person encountering that kind of thing, I would go to a woman like you or me that has experience and, and share what happened and, and probably um, uh, dilute it a little bit just by, by that very act of sharing it. Uh, and then think about what you need to do and how you need to handle it. And I got to be honest with you, I tell women all the time, you have to pick your spots. And, and sometimes you do have to be a martyr. There are people that are going to have to fall on their sword in this effort. But other times you've got to protect yourself. And, and, and only at the end of the day will you know best. One thing you can do that is not going to hurt you is you can let the person who is abusing you know that you don't like it. Right. And that's essentially, that's essentially to do no matter what because if ultimately you got a complaint, you have to sort of be on record that this was something that you didn't like. Because the first thing they say is, oh, I, I thought we were kidding. I thought she was enjoying it. I thought it was yeah. fancy, you know that. But suddenly you can tell, and you got to be careful how you say it. You know, it's, and I know you're smart and you can pick your words so that you're not, uh, you're not, 
setting up a, a lane, a landmark for yourself. But you know, what's interesting is that you you have to do this, and that's the shame part. It's why? Why do we have to do this? And like you say, in this day and age, and the answer is because it's a slow process, and you have to be patient, and it will get better. And the more women that are in the industry on every level, the better this is going to get, the easier it's going to get. So, you know, just have faith, um, talk to a person. If it's really egregious, you have to make a decision. You may have to weep, you know. You may have to, and I'm not saying walk away. Believe me, I'm not saying that. <laughs> that. Um, I never walk away. You, you may have to leave because circumstances, you know, you, you, uh, you make a complaint and maybe, you know, there's, uh, you know, you get got a bit fired, in which case, of course, you want to sue, but um, they may make it impossible for you. Um, then you then you say, okay, I'm going to take another job. But again, you got to pick your spots and you got to see how egregious it is. And if there's somebody else that he's doing it to, that might be easier for you to report it and, and, and hold on to your job and not get the repercussions that a single person that complains does. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, there's no simple answer. Every, every, situation is unique and at the, old, at the end of the day you have to do what's best for yourself. Exactly yeah and, and like yourself I started at the age of 21 and what I found really interesting is when you talked about how um, not the loss of identity but how you took on um, you, 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 you swore more, um, you wore slacks and I guess I have always thought about how and maybe over the years I've become a little bit desensitized to these situations on site. And and I think I feel like you've said the same. And when women have come up and asked me and they've, they've said, I'm experiencing this problem at work. And at the start, I used to be like, well, um, you know, I've never experienced sexual harassment in construction. It's a great industry to be in. And it's only since going to these events and talking to other women that I've actually sat down and thought, oh, my gosh, Michelle, what? You have experienced this and on, on a level that is not right. So what, I mean, it's a question I get asked, Barbara, and, and I'm hoping, I'm guessing that you probably get asked it too. For someone that is very young coming into the industry, um, you had, an, well, you, you have an amazing personality and a, a strength as well. And I guess that's why you've really been able to pave the way. What advice would you give to someone who's not been exposed to this environment that's going in there now? Um, and one question I get asked a lot is, "How do you earn respect?" Um, what would you? What how, do you would, what? how do you earn respect we, from guys? Earn respect? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, you gotta understand. You're going into it. You know, not everyone's gonna respect you. Okay. There are men that will never ever change. They resent us. Uh, some men hate us. Some men hate women, and that's you know. They won't believe me. There are lots of them out there. You know, see stories about them all the time. Uh, so you got to say, I'm not 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 going to change everyone's mind. Um, and also, um, you know, on the plus side, there are people there, especially young people now, that that are welcoming women. Yeah, of course you belong, and, and you know, you're, you're working side by side with me, and you're, you're my equal. So you've got those two extremes. And in the middle, you've got people that uh, some of them mean well, um, some of them really don't know any better, uh, and you have to be prepared for all the different kinds of people. And in terms of, you know, how you're going to deal with them, that's kind of like a minute-by-minute minute thing, but as you go along, you'll, you'll, you'll get more experience, 
and you have to have a woman to talk to, or more than one woman, and you have to have a mentor. But the one thing that you gotta remember, and this is the single most important thing that I ever talk about in any speech or book or anything I've ever given, and that is, whatever happens, it is never your fault. Right. Don't be the victim. Don't don't blame the victim. Don't internalize. Because this is what I did. And and you know, and I talk about that, and it, and it changed me as a person. It truly changed me, and and, and that was wrong. That was bad. I made choices. I did the things I had to do. I I I am living with my past, but it shouldn't have happened. Well, I can't prevent it from happening, but I can prevent it from having the same effect. And the way that I do that is just exactly what I said. Talk to other women. Understand that this is happening all the time. It's not just you. And it's not your fault. The person who is abusing you or harassing you is a creep. And you didn't do anything to deserve it. And I'll go so far as to say, and I say this all the time, I think a woman should be able to walk down the street naked and not get raped, okay? Yeah, yeah. Nothing you do gives a person permission to harass you. Nothing you do. If you say something sexy, which you shouldn't, uh, unless you know you have like you, you can you have people and you can take response. People can still flirt at work. You know that's another nonsensical thing that men put out there. Oh, we can't talk to women anymore. It's a lot of crap. But if you say something that's inappropriate. The man has no right to come back at you. What the man should do is say, I think that's inappropriate, or ignore it, or something like that. And by the way, ignoring is something people have to learn to do. I, I, and I'm sorry to say that. You shouldn't have to ignore things, but you know what? If it's mild, yeah. ignore. Yeah. And you know, in some cases, ignoring it is better than than going back at the men because that's what they want. They want to go with you. So mm-hmm. if you walk away um, or you make it unimportant, that 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 you win. You know, when they when they realize that they haven't accomplished their goal, um, you have won. Because always remember, this goes for sexual harassment and it goes for rape and other things. It's about power. It's all about power. And even if the person who's committing it doesn't internalize the fact and realize that that's what he's doing, he's exercising power. He's saying, I can control you. I am better than you. Yeah. Sometimes it only goes to the fact that he is a male and you are a female. So, you know, when you put it all together and you, and you think about it, it, it's a lot of, uh, I've given you a lot of tips and a lot of pointers, but, but eventually it's going to work. And, and in time, you know, more and more, like the more women we have, the less of this is going to go on. Um, because we'll, we'll be a block, we'll be a, a, a power block ourselves. And I'm not saying we need 50%. I mean, once we get, we have 3% in the trade chain, you have a dismal 1% in the Once we get up to even 10%, you'll see a sea change. It'll be a massive change. So we have to hope for that. Yeah, I, I really hope so. There's a couple of things that you said there that... Um, yeah I can um, relate to the one you know pick your battles um if every little comment was said on site if I'd reacted to it then um I I think I'd be in a madhouse by now 
And um, <laughs> the, the other thing that interests me, again, it was something you said in your book, and I don't know whether it's something that's held me back in the past. My, my dad is in business, and we talk about how different personalities between men and women and different attributes that, that we both have. And um, you mentioned in your book that I think it was Donald that said to you, you your, your problem is that you just want to be liked. And, and I... I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and, and, I, and I feel like that too. And sometimes I think, has that held me back that I just want to be liked? Has that stopped me, you know, challenging people? Not, not in terms of, um, from a basis, in terms of work, so in terms of challenging a decision at work or if something's been done, but, but more on the sexual harassment side. In terms of wanting to be liked, has that encouraged sexual harassment? No, no, has it stopped me? You know, I don't want to upset people. So has it stopped me from actually saying... Well, that's very different from wanting to be liked. I mean, let's just put that in the box and close it. Wanting to be liked, I think, is a good thing. I think most people do. Um, You know, as a boss, you want to be respected, and that may be important, more important than being liked, but remember that if people hate you and think you're a jerk, <laughs> they're not going to respect you. So, uh, that, and that was the problem with Trump, you know, he, he said to me, you, you like to be liked too much, uh, don't worry if somebody likes you, and I said, you know, when I get somebody to work around the clock to open your goddamn building, you better goddamn well like me or you're going to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's that, that kind of thing. But um, with, with sexual harassment, um, you, you have to you have to say to yourself, okay, uh, this guy is not worth me worrying about him liking me. I have to I have to put that at risk now. Um, you know, maybe he won't like me, but I have to tell him what he's saying is bothering me, and I may even have to report him. Howdy folks, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. And if you did want to support the podcast, then you may consider heading over to a Patreon account where for less than the price of a coffee a month, you can get yourself some extra goodies from this super, super podcast. And you will also be supporting the podcast for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Just to, to go on to a positive spin now, because I love construction. Um, I want, like yourself, so many more women to come into the industry in the next 10, 20 years' time. And you two talk very fondly, not only about Donald, but other men that you've worked with throughout the industry that have helped champion your career and have helped you, um, maybe mentored you. I think that's really important for us to focus on when talking to women in construction. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, exactly what. So, in terms of having um, putting putting the positive side to looking at working in construction, um, so many guys have helped champion my career, and by the sounds of it, yours as well. When when working over the time that you did in New York in different projects, how important do you think having these men champion our careers? is or do you think we should just be doing it and not looking for male support uh you know i, I don't think that we should uh, isolate men because it's, it's not fair and you know it's sort of doing what they do to us uh they have a tremendous amount to offer us uh not all of them and again you have to have you have to pick your spots with this but 
this stuff about women are this way, men are that way. I don't believe any of that crap. I think it's all society that poses these things on us. But right now, it is a bit different, and there is a different perspective, and you can learn from that perspective. Because dealing with one man who it may be easier to deal with gives you the ability to deal with men that are not so easy to deal with. But when it comes to, you know, your most trusted, your, your, um, your, your confidant, the person that advises you the most, I still think that has to be a woman. Yeah, okay. And, and, and that's the one thing that I've noticed, noticed in this country is certain initiatives and events that are being set up. Um, even HR departments within construction firms are headed up by males. And I'm a little bit conflicted in my views towards this because if I am suffering from any inappropriate comments or situations, I think it would be a lot easier for me to go and talk to a woman rather than um, a guy. Do you think that's the case or do you think it's still okay to have guys involved in HR that will be dealing with these potential problems? No, I think it's horrible. I think it's like having male uh, attendants at, at a woman's uh, prison. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you should have a woman that you can go to. Unfortunately, um, like in, in any uh, field, in any part of a business, you know, your HR or accounting or whatever, all the top positions are held by men. It's almost exclusively. So one of the things when they talk about diversity and inclusion and these companies go out great about how hard they're working, that's something that they should be focusing on, making sure that they have women that other women can go to when they have complaints so that they can be, you know, uh, more frank and, and, and uh, honest. I mean, imagine somebody touching you and then going to a man and telling him, well, this man touched my breath. Who wants to say that to another man? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, so, it's... I mean, it would be, it would really be good to get um, more women into this. I think it's imperative. And, you know, on the flip side, maybe if you have to report and you have to talk to a man, maybe you bring a woman with you, a good friend or something like that, if it's, if it's acceptable, so that you feel comfortable in the environment that there's another woman there. Um, how do you feel about quotas and putting quotas to get more women into construction? I know a lot of people agree and a lot of people disagree and say that women should only be given the jobs if they are um, suitable and that we shouldn't be pushed to have a certain amount of women in the industry. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I think we need to have more women in our industry and I think we ought to push like hell. And I think that there's, you know, it's not a question of women wanting to do the work, which is the new, the new thing. Years ago, they used to say women can't do the work. They still say it, but with all the new um, tools and everything and the work rules, um, not every woman can do it, but a, a very large amount of population, even the hardest jobs. So, yes, I think we should push to get women in it, and even if they resist, you got to educate. When I say educate, you got to educate women, too, because sometimes we can be our own worst enemies, and a lot of women themselves don't believe women belong in construction. we got to change that, and do it, like I said, with education and get the young girls um, 
it tried to influence um, society. Things come from the media, and you know, the media caves to the companies, and the companies want to sell their products. And even on a very macro level, if, if a company is doing something that is not um, pro women, or they have advertisements say that are that are sexist or something like that, you know, talking about boycotts and violence and things like that, you know, we, it has to be a collective. Everybody has. To do it. One letter is not going to matter, but if there's a couple hundred letters, then someone's going to take pay attention, even like to a legislator or something like that. Yeah, so given a voice and, um, like you say, attending more events like we have both been doing in the UK, and I guess you do a lot um, across the world and in the USA as well, it's just chatting to so, other so I was just saying that um, attending more events is very important, like you say, education and social. And, and, and you know, I saw somebody wrote something on LinkedIn, and it really bothered me about the event we went to. And, you know, um, she said something, I was the same people, and, you know, they walk away and they didn't uh, get anything out of it. And, I, and um, it was a, 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 a comment on the article. The article was not particularly favorable, but it wasn't bad. But this comment was terrible. So I answered her, and <laughs> she withdrew her comment. Um, that, that is so wrong. These events are great for women because they see other women. You sit in a room and you listen to a woman, even like myself, modestly, let me say, but some of the other women that were speaking, mm -hmm. Project directors on a massive project, the woman that works for uh, Sir, Sir Robert McAlpine. Right, yeah. And um, that's the, the, the um, uh, woman, uh, Isabel, I think you know, her name, uh, who uh, was like in charge of the event. Her credentials, her experience, wonderful. I never heard of anything like this, even to this day. I'm amazed when I see other women that have accomplished so much. You sit and you listen and you internalize that and you say, that can be me. Or it doesn't, and by the way, not everyone has to be the CEO. Yeah. And people have to realize <laughs> that too. Yeah. But, but you know that there's no women. That's what you got to know, that, that, that there's nothing stopping you. You make your choices, you work to your capability, you do what you want, all of that is true. But knowing that you can do it, see, that's something I never, ever had. Never. Um... For, for, for in my business, forget it, not, 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 not whatsoever. In other businesses, maybe a little bit in the legal field, a little bit. Medical field, same thing. Don't forget, I grew up in the 60s. Mm. So, so sending women to these, um, to these conventions or these uh, seminars and having them just soak in the other women and the camaraderie and the understanding and the commitment, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on it. Yeah, and I would say to any female listener, well, uh, to the listeners out there, exactly, please go to these events. They are incredible. I've enjoyed doing um, talks at them and learning, like you said, other people's stories. It's incredible. And the one thing that I love, I don't know if you've you've seen the picture, Barbara, but when um, it was a year and a half ago now, a picture of me pregnant on a building site went viral and was in the international newspapers and uh, oh, really? yeah and and that's how I came to I guess have quite a, a, a decent social media following is is that story broke and it was on um like I say national newspapers international and 
from there, I receive so many messages from women all across the world. And they say to me, oh my gosh, Michelle, I am in construction. I love the industry, but I am worried about having a family, starting a family. And I, I shared my story about how when I got pregnant, I'd just taken on one of the biggest project management jobs of my career. And I didn't tell anyone that I was pregnant to a very later stage. I was worried that my career would end and that I wouldn't be able to go back to construction. I'm now a year on from that and I have re-entered the industry. And for me, it was really important to share my story so that others could could you know say oh it is possible and when I read your book and you talk about becoming a mum and there were sim similarities in your story in that you were worried too uh it, it's incredible and so yeah what uh, the question that I have for you is is a question from a lot of my listeners which is can you be a mom and work in construction yeah and you know what I'm going to tell you something it's not easy can you be a mom and work in, in certain fields that require you to put in more than 35 hours a week uh, that may have you on call? Um, it's difficult. It's difficult. But I'll tell you something. One of our senators, and I can't think, it might have been Tammy Duckworth, but I don't want to say, uh, got pregnant while she was in the Senate. And I said to myself, here in, 19, in, tw in 2019, I said to myself, how's she going to do that? And damn it, she didn't bring that kid with her right out to the Senate floor. <laughs> and she's taking care of a little baby. I left my babies to, uh, I had twins. I left them to um, nannies and baby nurses. Uh, she brought that kid in herself. And this is what you're going to see more of in the future. You're going to see changes to the way that we have to work, men and women. You're going to see people not doing the crazy hours, not killing themselves, not getting high tax analysis because they overwork. You're going to see that. And you're going to see companies saying, okay, um, you have a child, um, you, you get so much time off, the government says the government's going to make them give you time off. When you come back, it's going to have facilities for daycare or allowances for daycare. All this is going to happen because it has to happen. This is the time for that to happen. So it's going to be it's going to be easier than it was for me, and even than it was to you. But um, I know I, I definitely don't want to discourage women from either being in the business or having children. You will work it out. Go ahead and do what you want. Really. Yeah, I think that's. Um it's, it's the right thing to say. Sometimes I've been a little bit hesitant in my response to people because I don't know, I didn't know what the end of my story was going to be. I didn't know whether I would be able to enter, but I have managed to, um, you know, continue working for myself, be an engineer. I'm only three days a week. And I think a lot of companies now, like you say, are making initiatives to to help yeah. this and to enable I mean, women. The thing is that companies, and I'm not talking about construction, I'm talking about everything, realize, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, these people are important. Yeah. I don't want to get rid of them. I don't want them quitting on me. i got to keep these people. You know how long it took for them to realize that? And to realize that if you create an environment where people are happy, and this is companies still don't understand this, and this goes back to what Trump said to me. You make people happy. You're going to get much more out of them. You're going to get more productivity. They're going to influence other people because their happiness is going to rub off. You're going to see a change in morale. And that bottom line is going to go up. 
And it's all intertwined. And part of it is how we treat young women that have babies. And even young men to an extent. Or older men. Yeah. <laughs> and older women having babies. Not too old. <laughs> but um, you will see. You will see that that is going to happen now. It's, 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 unless you get people like uh, certain, the presidents of certain companies that are trying to set women back uh, by many years. Uh, I mean, countries, not companies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we won't say any names. <laughs> there, most people want to see progress on this front. Most people want to see. And you know, can I take a second to tell you a quick story? Of course. I had my kids. Uh, I worked the day I had my kids. They were born premature. And uh, they were in the hospital. And I, I went back to work. And um, when they came home, they came home separately because they had different degrees of, uh, you know, uh, the need to be hospitalized. I took a week off each time each one came home. So that's all the time I took off when I uh, when I had my babies. And um, where was I going with this? Oh, um, much later, my daughter, who is now 33, probably was in her 20s, and she started talking to me about um, leave for women, paid leave. And, you know, I bristled at it. And I, I admit that. I, my my nature was, hey, I didn't get any paid leave. Nobody did anything for me. And, you know, talking to her, and this is true about her in so many respects, and my son as well, I learned from her, what the hell are you talking about, Barbara? This is the most important thing that people do in the whole world, procreate. It's the most important thing. <laughs> and what we got to do is we got to respect it. We got to support it. We got to encourage it. Encourage it. So, you know, okay, I got I got a bad deal. Screw it. You know, that's life. That doesn't mean that now no... Nobody else can be treated fairly or get a good deal. I, I really turned around 100% on that. Um, I totally believe in it. And um, I, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing that I said the other week to someone when they said that a friend of mine was like, how do you do it? How do you work in construction with everything that goes on? And other than the standard response of, well, I just love it. I, um, it was a friend of mine who's had a baby. I said, you've been through labor. Women go through labor. I said, a construction site is a breeze compared to labor. <laughs> like, we are built to withstand, you know, endure labor. You know, we can, and she looks at me and she's like, yeah, you're right. And sometimes I think little moments like that um, make you rethink, um, well, it definitely made me rethink um, how I feel about working in construction sometimes because it can get you down. Um, yeah. 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 Any job can get you down. I, I worked in real estate for a little while. It was the worst job in the world, and I regretted taking it. But it was horrible. And it was, it did nothing about sexual harassment or discrimination or anything else. It's just bad work. And, you know, you do get down, and, you know, you can't blame it on what you do. The nature of, of you know, interaction and, and, and performing services and things like that. So, um, I would, again, you know, if you find yourself down in the dumps, look for a woman, preferably in the field, you know, preferably doing the same kind of thing or a mentor, and, um, and get cheered up. That's, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I love it myself. I absolutely love it. I'm not as involved in it now as I used to be, but when I was, it was the best, the best job in the world, I thought. Yeah, I, um, I, Definitely couldn't down to uh, tools and leave. I often say to my husband after a bad day, 
there's something about the industry there's something about the work the the, the you know the um uh, the experiences on site it's incredible and that's why I encourage so many women like yourself to get into construction it's an amazing industry to be in and so much you can achieve so much in a career and learn so much it's given me so many different life skills as well which I may or may not have got in other careers but there's so many positives I can't sell working in construction even more but then behind that is these niggling cultural issues um, and like you said many events talking to people, learning from women like yourself that, that can help others come through. Where, where, What are you going on with and what are you doing now, Barbara, other than um, talking at events? Where, where does your passion lie now? You know, I, uh, I had written that book and uh, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of writing another book. Um, so I'm, I'm playing with that a little bit. I uh, am working for a company that uh, has produced a program for project management, which is very different from what's out there because it's built on blockchain technology, which is kind of a relatively new technology, which is going to sort of revolutionize the way we do business in, in all industries, and it is right now doing that. So I'm working with them as a um, as a construction advisor, I'm the lead construction advisor, and we're trying to uh, take this uh, take this project and you know take it off the ground. So um, that's, um, I do that a lot. And um, the other thing I do, which I love, which is crazy to say I love it, but it's uh, arbitration and mediation, which are, you know, sort of legal uh, work. Um, arbitration, you, you act as a judge and you decide cases, and I, I'm on the construction panel, so I have um, all these cases come before me, and I, I decide who, you know, who gets paid, who doesn't get paid, that kind of thing. It's very, very um, responsible work. It's, it's, it's hard. You have to really dedicate yourself to it, and, and it's very rewarding. Very, very rewarding. Uh, so that's the kind of things I'm doing right now. As, yeah, and you've done just so much in your career. Uh, yeah, I was reading the book and I was just completely inspired. So, yeah, I'm sure you will, but please do keep coming to these events. Please keep coming to the UK. Um, I love learning more and more about you and your work. And I've taken so much from, from our, our chats and obviously chatting to you today. I'm not going to take too much of your time and I would like to finish with a bit of an open-ended question for you. Um, Barbara, if you were stood, as I'm sure you have already been, in front of um, hundreds, if not thousands of women that have just a small interest in perhaps joining the construction industry, what would you say to inspire them and um, what skills would you say they would need or what advice would you give them to start from the very beginning? Well, I mean, you know, there's lots of different roles that you can play in construction. You know that. I tend to, even though I'm an engineer and you're an engineer, and that's extremely important, I tend to focus on the trades because we have so few women doing it. And they are so incredibly rewarding. 
Um, and, and I say this about everyone, including myself and you, and um, even people that are accountants, uh, you know, that work in the office. You, you, you work on a building. That building is there for your life, probably, and you can walk past and say, I made part of that. I, I contributed to that building happening. I laid bricks on that building. I engineered the structure on that building. I took care of all the requisitions on that building. No, how many people can really say that? Yeah. You've got something, a, a, a very... Comparable, something you can touch. I have my name on a bill. There was a story for another podcast, but a very nice developer did that. And it's like, you know, it's amazing. I can walk by and I, you know, I do it maybe once every five years or so. And I said, look at that. You know, I built that. You know, so so that's the thing about construction. It's 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 that kind of reward that that other people don't get from other fields. But just finishing the day, if you're in the trades and you've done an honest day's work, you don't ever doubt yourself. You don't ever say, gee, I didn't, um, I didn't rush as many outlets as I could have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you finish the day and you say, I did a job. I did something good. That's a wonderful feeling. That feeling of accomplishment, that self-esteem that comes from that. So, there's some, so getting in the trades particularly is something that I encourage young women um, that don't want to study um, uh, at university or, or go to university but don't find that, you know, what they studied is going to get them a job. Because at, at the end of the day, construction, I, I can't speak for London so much, uh, for England so much as the U.S., but it's good paying work. It's good paying work, especially union. It's ridiculously good. Probably pays too much, in my opinion. Um, uh, some people get over a hundred dollars an hour, and that's you know that's a lot. But um, so this is good work that you can you can make a decent living and support your family. So how do you approach it? Well, um, if you're if you're interested in the trades, I would reach out. You don't have trade unions like we do, um, so I would reach out to companies, larger companies. Just, you know, contact them and say, I'm interested in doing this. And, and where do you get your apprentices from? Where do you get your hires from? And they'll talk to you. I mean, and, and they give you some ideas about what to do. If you can go to a school that teaches a trade or get to a program, we have programs here in the United States where people are trained. They call it pre-apprenticeship training. Uh, what it does is it gives them exposure to different fields and they get to see, oh, I want to be a painter, I'd like to be a plumber, I'd like to be an electrician. Uh, another thing is to read up on the work um, and learn what it's like um, and, and see, you know, if you can talk some, to somebody that does it. It's kind of the same for any other business. But, you know, you have to start out with the belief that you can do it and with the understanding that you're going to be somewhat of a pioneer. And not everyone has pioneer in them. And not everyone should. Mm-hmm. But that's something that you have to realize. You are going to stand out and be prepared for that. And then run with it, absolutely. And then as far as going with the engineering, um, there are more women. So it's, you know, it's an accepted thing. A lot of people are pushing for women engineers, which is a good thing. Um, so going to engineering school, um, studying engineering or, or switching off to Construction management. These are good ways to get uh, into our business. Um, and again, do it with the understanding that you know you're not a pioneer so much, but you are standing out, and you're going to face obstacles and be prepared for that, and don't be silent. Yeah, some great words of advice there. And um, you mentioned interestingly there about uh, about the money and the unions. 
I don't know whether this is a typically British thing that we don't tend to discuss wages, etc. But one thing I've been a little bit open about is, you know, my husband is a, a university lecturer. He has a very good professional job. And I'm the breadwinner by quite a lot. And I think it shocks some people. And the reason why, I, I mean, I don't tell people how much I earn, but I say, you know, I do earn more than a doctor and in some weird cases more than a surgeon because of the, how the industry is at the moment, because I'm self-employed, I have my own business. But I think it, 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 women need to know that so that they go, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Not that it's the big all and end or the happiness, no. how much money. But, but it should be known, absolutely. Yeah. And that the waste disparity in construction in the United States is, uh, is almost nil. Um, in, in, in England, it's something like 15% of, uh, of, of, over here, it's less than, way less than 10. Um, and that's a good thing. And, and one of the reasons for that is it's harder to discriminate against who's doing what when you're talking about people to people doing construction as it is when you talk about someone doing nursing and someone doing construction, you know? So um, that, that's another reason why the wages are good because you can't, you know, men get it so the women have to get it, but especially in the U.S. Union, that's in the contract. Uh, so talking about wages is, is, is a good idea. I know people don't want to do that, but... Um, you know, when you're up there on a the higher echelon, like you obviously are, you know, you might be hesitant, but when you're working side by side, you'll want to know you're making as much money as the guy that, uh, that's doing the same exact work as you. Exactly, yeah. It's that, yeah. yeah. We have not at all. No, no, and, and hopefully we're getting closer now that I think governments are pushing for wages to be um, exposed so that you can, like you say, yeah. see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, finally, um, I know I said that was my last question, but I have been to New York numerous times over the years. I think, in fact, I'm, I'm due to fly out in uh, two weeks' time uh, to meet my husband. He's actually going to New York, and I'm, I'm meeting him in Boston. But over the years, I've been to New York and wondered how incredible it would be to work on, on some of the buildings out there. And when I was 13 years old, I, I remember my parents taking me I think it was my first visit to New York. They took me to Trump Tower and they said, you know, this is, the, yeah, they, they, they were like, this is the infamous Trump Tower. And, you know, it did take me back. The marble, everything in your book brought back memories. Um, and I, when I go back, I do visit Trump Tower. The marble, the waterfall, the shops inside. Uh, this would have been, I guess, early 90s. And now that place, I actually wish, I'm not, I'm not actually scooping to New York on this trip, but I wish that I was because I, yeah, I feel, I feel empowered to be able to stand in that foyer and now know the stories behind the construction of it. But most importantly, that, that you were the person that headed up that. And, and that is just incredible. And I just want to say to my listeners out there, um, please, 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 please! It's a, it's a there. Go and read um, Barbara's book. It's amazing. All alone on the sixty-sixth floor. Even if you're not in construction. Sorry, sixty-eighth. Yes, gosh, um, I've, I've knocked you off two floors. <laughs> I've knocked you off two floors. Um, yeah, please go yeah, read it because I you'll like it. Yeah, and there's, there's so much you can take from it. Like I say, even if you're not working construction, your story is absolutely incredible. And yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for chatting with me again today, Barbara. 
um, your an inspiration. It's been a pleasure. Really been a pleasure. You're yeah. Very, uh, very warm and connected. Oh, no and problem. Yeah. yeah, and and hopefully our um, paths will cross again in the future at another event. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's definitely be another trip um, on the horizon. So yeah, I'll, I'll take you out for dinner. I'm sure there's plenty we could talk about. Okay, great. All right. Thank well, you. Well, I really enjoyed it. No worries. Thank you so much, Barbara, and have a wonderful rest um, of the day. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Once again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast, folks. Your support means everything. Don't forget to check out the show notes and I'll be back next week.